Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com and broadcasting across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator, it is The Michael Dukes Show. Say it with some reverence now. The Michael Dukes Show. Uh, hey, <clears throat> hi, how are you? It's Monday. Fun day, Monday. That's what it's all about today. Welcome back to the program, and thanks for coming in and joining us. Um, <clears throat> today's going to be a fun day, I can tell you already, because um, I'm feeling a little frisky, feeling a little froggy today. Uh, I got some things to say. I got some things to say, and uh, I want to, I want to, I want to, just want to warn you ahead of time. Got some things to say today, and uh, it should be fun and interesting. Um, no guests lined up for today. I had, I thought JKT was going to be joining us, and then he told me that he ended up being on an early morning flight. So we're hoping to have him on the show um, <clears throat> later this week. Ron Gillum's going to be joining us on Wednesday, along with Mike Shower. Uh, Nick Baggage hopefully will be with us on Thursday. Uh, and tomorrow is Brad Keithley, Chris Story. So, I mean, I got most of the most of the week already lined up and uh so hopefully we we're able to we're able to make all that happen and and do it to it that's the plan anyway that's the we'll we'll do it uh we're back on youtube this morning finally my one week ban that turned into good lord what's it been almost 15 days until it finally came back i mean you can't fight the machine though right so we just keep pushing the button until it works and so here we are Broadcasting live also on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch this morning. So if you want to come out and join us in the chat rooms there, you're welcome to do so as well to join the conversation. And today's just going to be a smorgasbord. It's going to be a free-for-all. Uh, we're going to talk about all different kinds of stuff, different stories. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about the perspective of due process in the United States as, um, as put forward by your local entertainment complex. I'm talking about television. I want to talk about that. I got a little bent on Friday, and I'm going to tell you about that story uh, here sometime today. We're going to talk about that. We're going to hit all the highlights. We're going to, the big convention went on this weekend, and there was some, uh, oh man, there was some shade thrown. Somebody was throwing some serious shade out there as well. We're going to talk about different endorsements. Uh, including, I don't know if I mentioned this last week. I can't remember if I mentioned this last week, but this came out on Thursday or Friday. Uh, Mayor Charlie Pierce has won the endorsement uh, for governor. Uh, he's the second one. Uh, uh, Mike Dunleavy had already got the endorsement back in January, but they're endorsing more than one. So Charlie Pierce now has the endorsement for governor from the uh, Republican State Central Committee. 
which is the governing body of the Alaska Republican Party. So congratulations to Mayor Charlie Pierce for picking that one up this morning, uh, this, uh, this last week. So congratulations. Good stuff there. Uh, we're going to talk about the new PFD formula, which just came out of the thing. We're going to talk about uh, what else we got. I got a bunch of stuff here. We're talking about the school bond issue and how, man, sometimes <clears throat> those on the left, they, uh, they're just mean. I mean, I suppose we can all be mean from one forward. But in this case, uh, there were some super hateful comments that were thrown around um, by, by Zach Fields, which we're going we're gonna to talk about here as well. And then I'm going to open up the phone lines. I mean, I've actually already opened up the phone lines um, for folks to call in. And in fact, somebody called in before I even started the theme music of the show. They've been on hold for six minutes already. So I don't know who they are, but we're going to jump to them first, I guess, since uh, we're going to take those calls and talk about all those things. And, uh, and today is just going to be a mess. Let's just, let's just embrace it and jump in. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say uh, across the uh, state of Alaska <clears throat> on all these things. So we opening up the Pivotel call-in lines at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. If you want to be part of it, uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. So let's, um, I don't know, are we taking bets on who the first caller is going to be? I'm thinking it's going to be Mark or Jeff or Randy. I don't know which one, but let's find out who it is. Let's see who, if we're right or wrong. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Buenos Dias. This is Brady from Las Vegas. Well, hello, Brady from Las Vegas. What's on your mind this morning? Uh, I just I thought that you just had a gun show on Friday, but my buddy said you also have a show during the week. Oh, so yeah. I thought I'd call in this morning, but... Go ahead. Good. No, go ahead. Yeah, we do the show on Friday is strictly about firearms, but uh, we do have a show the rest of the week. That is the correct. That is correct. Well, I guess I'll do you a, a, mo- a Monday morning question for you then, Michael. Uh, what is coronavirus in Latin? What does it stand for? What does it equal in Latin? I I I don't know. I don't know what Corona is in Latin. I don't know. I don't know. You you tell me. It's King Cobra Venom. And if, did you watch the movie by Dr. Art that's been out? It's had over probably 40 or 50 million views right now called Watch the Water. Mm, no, I have not seen that yet. Okay. This is basically a quick thing about what's happening. COVID-19, the bioweapon, was never a virus. It's partially snake venom that was put into the jab. And when they've looked up the genetic sequence now on these people that have supposedly had COVID-19, uh, it's coming up to snake venom, cobra and crate snake from China is almost a genetic match. So what we were dealing with, don't worry about the mask anymore. You're dealing with a synthetic bioweapon that's derived from venom, from snakes, and Kona snail toxins the most lethal substances ever to be put into a jab. That's what your buddies in the the global world order did to everybody. The new world order is trying to kill us off one by one Mm. with the bioweapon. Okay. Well, I I hadn't heard this. uh, I hadn't heard this theory. um, And I haven't seen this movie that you're talking about. uh, But I, I guess I would have a, um, 
since uh, since people were sick for uh, you know a good long length of time before they uh, before they started instituting the uh, the vaccine or the or the treatment, I don't see as how they could have been jabbing people with snake stuff ahead of time. Um, uh, since and people were getting sick and dying ahead of time before the jab ever came out. So I don't know as how I don't know as how the timeline of what you're talking about makes much sense, Brady. But uh, I mean, there's a lot of weird theories out there, and and to and to me, most of them are just that weird theories. Um, but I mean, if if what you're arguing is true, then what about all the people that got sick before the vaccine or the treatment was available? I you know. Which why I can't I can't factor that in. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, thank you for your call. Uh, gets back to YouTube, gets banned the next day because some crazy caller theory. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I look. Um, I don't, I'm not even going to go into that. I, I think that that I think that that's nonsense. Quite honestly. Um, I uh, but I mean, I'll I'll maybe I'll go watch this movie just to verify and make sure, but. There's a lot of people, I think, who are reaching on things. Uh, government is going to govern. That's what they do. And if they see an opportunity for overreach, they'll take it because it is the nature of government. And they will try to hold on to it because of the nature. It is the nature of government. To think that it is some behind-the-scenes planned whatever. I mean, this is the same people that brought you the DMV and the post office, okay? I think that they would have a hard time planning their way out of a paper bag. Most of these times, um, it's, you know, it's just, it's crazy. So, but, uh, anyway, I, I think it's, I think, you know, this is people ascribing, um, you know, these are the same people that are toasting their toast and holding it up and saying, look, I see a picture of Jesus in the toast. This must be holy toast. I think you're looking for things that aren't there personally, but, um, that's just, that's just me. I mean, that's, that's just me. Um, all right. Uh, what else do we got here um, in, the, uh, in the discussions? Okay. So a couple of things on the, uh, on the endorsements. Do I have time? I have, I have a little bit of time here. Um, the endorsements uh, came out. Uh, there was an endorsement on Thursday. The Alaska Republican Party endorsed Nick Baggage. Uh, Nick Beggage's the thirds run for state uh, for the uh, U.S. House seat, and it's the first formal endorsement by the party, uh, which can endorse multiple candidates in the race. Now they voted to endorse Beggage on Thursday, which was the meeting. It was a meeting ahead of the party's convention in Fairbanks, which began Friday morning, which raised a little bit of ire from some of the other candidates, including Sarah Palin and Josh Revac. And Tara Sweeney, um, but Begich was the only one who had applied and requested for the party's endorsement. He was the only candidate to have requested it. So he asked, and he you don't ask, you don't get. You don't ask, you don't get. That's that's how it works, right? And so he asked for it, and he got it. Uh, Craig Campbell, the vice chair of the party, said it's not an exclusive. If other Republicans that are running would like to have the endorsement, they're encouraged to contact the party chair and make the request the request in writing. Now, some other folks started throwing bombs immediately uh, because uh, they uh, 
They didn't get it. Palin was quick to blast the party leadership, saying most of the delegates haven't even arrived in Fairbanks. Yet before news arrived that a backroom deal had already been struck for an endorsement from the state politicos, she said it was a slap in the face of convention delegates and a betrayal of Alaskans who believe in fair play. To which I would point out again that he asked for the endorsement. Nobody else did. Ergo, QED. I mean, it it follows that. And instead, then she goes on to say later on, uh, this predictable action of the party establishment proves that the old boys network is alive and well. I built on a reputation for going rogue against the establishment, but it's only because I have a re- always represented the very best of Alaska, hardworking people who believe in God and country and who reject backroom deals that benefits a few. Um, Palin is endorsed by Donald Trump, but will not seek an endorsement for the party, according to her campaign. So I guess I don't even understand what... <laughs> She didn't even want the endorsement, but now she slaps. It's a slap in the face that I didn't get the endorsement, even though I didn't seek it and didn't ask for it. I mean, there's some crazy stuff, just crazy, crazy stuff. And that's just a little bit of what went on. Oh, man, did they take some shots at each other over this whole deal? The whole weekend, um, uh, the traded barbs at the convention. We're going to get into that in just a minute. It's, it's just, it's just, it's going to be interesting. Let's put, you know what, and I'll tell you one of the most, well, I'll I'll tell you this on the other side, Uh, but there is a very, very interesting comment at the very end of the article that the ADN has up there about who all of they would pick, who all these candidates would pick as their number two choice. If they had to choose somebody else, who would it be? And it, may raise the hair on the back of your neck just a little bit. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that. Um, we'll be back. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll continue. The phone lines are open. 907-433-3150. We'll, we'll play with whatever you want to play with. We'll be back with more right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. I mean, God love them all, but uh, what? Snake venom in the... (sighs) I mean, you know, I I just... People are looking for stuff that's not there sometimes. I just... it, it, It just makes me scratch my head. Like I said... Some things that just aren't really there. Um, Sarah insulted all of us delegates when she ran to the ADN and Alaska Public Media to badmouth the delegates in the process through which she could have applied. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean that was my point. She she complains that it's a good old boys club and then says, "By the way, I wasn't even wanting. I didn't even want your endorsement anyway. Didn't even want your endorsement anyway." 
Did you hear Mitch is throwing $2.2 million at Lisa's re-election campaign? Christopher, I think you might be behind the power curve. It's uh, $7.4 million. That's what Mitch, uh, his Senate leadership fund, is contributing towards Lisa is, you know, they're going to do ad, ad buys for Lisa. 7.4, not 2.2, $7.4 million. That's what's that's what's going on. Um, yeah, YouTube back so I can hear the background conversation. Hey, Gordon. Hey, Christopher. Thanks for coming on YouTube as well. Uh, why would you announce the endorsement prior to the convention? Uh, I don't know. Because he applied for it prior to the convention? That would be my guess. Um, I feel like... Um, I feel like watching the party slowly devolve into these social extremes and people losing their minds over insane conspiracies. But this is how a sane person felt in the ancient times right before the collapse of Rome. I wouldn't disagree with you, Anthony. I mean, again, people are looking for th- I mean, they're, you know, I know everybody always looks for a reason, right? There's got to be some reason. It's like some tragic event happens and they got to be, but why? Why? You can't understand evil or insanity, right? If you could, then you could. If you could understand it, then you could be it. That's how I always looked at it. I can never understand the methodology or the motivations to some crazy would-be shooter. But, you know, I I just take that with a grain of salt and I understood, uh, you know, that that was, that's because they're either evil or insane. Uh, David responds to the question of why would you even announce the endorsement prior to convention? He said, because the SCC held a scheduled meeting prior to the conventions and Nick's application was on the agenda. There you go. That's the, that's the thing. Um, it's getting even more crazy, but the truth will eventually come out. I mean, yeah, I mean, the truth will eventually come out. That's the thing. The truth will eventually come out and, it may be even crazier than we all expected, or it may be mundane. We don't know. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. And we can work ourselves up to a frenzy over every different variant of every different idea that could possibly happen. But, you know, it sometimes it's just, you know, sometimes it is just simple. Sometimes it's just simple. And sometimes it's just overreach. That's just all it is. Um, all right. <clears throat> So, um, you don't need to understand the ideology of a mass shooter. You just need to be able to return ineffectual fire. <laughs> but but that's true. Um, all right. So, we're going to dive back into this here. We're about, um, we're about 45 seconds out from rejoining the radio. We're going to get down into what happened at the state convention uh, for the GOP. Some of the interesting... Uh, uh, some of the interesting components of that, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Please like and share this video, like and follow the show page, and um, don't forget to subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube. I, can't, I forgot, now we're back on YouTube. So don't forget to subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube as well to make it all worthwhile. You guys ready to do this? Let's jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Uh, again, open line, open form today. We got some things to talk about, and uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna go hog wild here in just a minute. I think we got some phone calls too. 
Okay, my friends, you ready to dive into this? Let's uh, continue our discussions now. We were just talking about the uh, uh, Republican state uh, committee uh, meeting up in Fairbanks starting on Friday, went through part of the weekend there, and uh, some of the some of the, the slings and arrows that got thrown back and forth by a variety of the candidates that were running for uh, the U.S. congressional seat. We're going to talk about that here in a second, but we do have one line on hold, and uh, we're doing an open line, open form thing today, so we're kind of uh, taking them as they come. Um, I want to remind people that the views expressed by the callers are not necessarily those of the host. <laughs> I mean, maybe that'll keep YouTube from killing us, but I don't know at this point. Um, all right, let's uh, let's go over here to see what the phone lines say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. This is Ray at North Pole. Good morning, Ray. You got an echo on your phone. Uh, I think you have an echo on your phone, but I don't. But go ahead, Ray. Let's try it again. You want to you want to talk through it, or you want to call me back? I think I think Aileen was uh, looking in the mirror when she was talking about betraying Alaskans, and Murkowski needs that. Fifteen twenty million dollars pay off political bribes. They, they, they yeah, that's the you're, cost ta- of, you're the, talking about uh, the cost of uh, the cost of uh, bribing uh, local politicians has gone up. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's going to get. This is going to be the most expensive race I think that we've probably seen in this state between the five million dollars that Murkowski has in her war chest and uh, and and the other. What seven million dollars now for Mitch McConnell and another couple million from the Scott Kendall group and everything? I mean, they'll be they'll be probably fifteen or twenty million dollars just on her side of the race, let alone everybody else at this point. Well, she, if they send all that money to Alaskans, that'll help us out a little bit. <laughs> Won't well, change our vote any. It uh, definitely will probably help the uh, the media industry. They'll they'll get their money's worth for sure, and that will trickle down into the economy. But I don't know if that's going to help overall. I mean, it's not like they're going to contribute yeah, well, it right straight to your bank account. The media is the media is so damn corrupt. Okay, that's all I got. Bye. All right. Hey, thanks, Ray. I appreciate you uh, sounding off this morning. That leaves all four lines open. If you would like to uh, sound off this morning and be part of it. Uh, 907-433-3150, the Pivotel call-in line, powered by our friends of Pivotel and Satellite West. All right, let's go back over to the uh, um, let's go back over to the discussion here on the uh, uh, on the the GOP meeting that took place in uh, in Fairbanks. It was a lively debate Saturday morning, according to the uh, ADN. It was a 45-minute breakfast forum that featured Nick Baggage, former Governor Sarah Palin, Senator Josh Revac, former Senator John Coghill, and Native leader uh, Tara Sweeney. And they they got they got going, and the uh, and the jab started pretty early. Uh, Baggage's opponents, who all entered the race after Dong Young's death, uh, picked on Baggage for his decision to challenge a sitting congressman while he was still alive. How dare you do that to a senior state? I mean, to which I said, my God, people, you had to wait for him to die to stand up for what you believed in? Is that what you had to do? I mean, that was the, what? I mean, that was the thing? 
oh, you're you're, you're still alive. And yeah, exactly. This this is what. Sometimes you got to do it. Don, the only way you were going to get Don Young out of Congress was feet first. That was how it was. I could, I've been saying that for years, that he was, he was not a man to step aside. You had to challenge him. And it's not disloyal to challenge somebody when you believe you can do a better job. That's, I mean, that's not disloyalty. But that was the first thing. Oh, man, he just, oh, I can't believe he just, oh, They also questioned his Republican credentials, noting that he'd previously acknowledged working uh, or voting rather for two Democrats. He voted for his uncle and he voted, which uh, 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 was it Tom or Mark? I don't know which one. I think uh, um, he claimed I'm just looking to see because I I think he voted for uh, I think he voted for Mark. Um, But he also voted for Berkowitz for mayor in 2015. So. You know, okay, he, all right, he did that. But he has been a Republican from a very young age. He's been a registered Republican and worked inside the party apparatus. He worked for Don Young. I mean, he was one of, he was Don Young's campaign manager last go around. So, I mean, it's not like this is, uh, it's, anyway, um, I guess he's just as Republican as pretty much everybody else that's going on inside there. Uh, what were some of the other comments? Um, uh, baggage is really kind of at the center, and I think they're all taking shots at baggage because they understand that outside of the name recognition of Palin, he's probably the front runner. Um, baggage was the only candidate to have requested the state Republican Party's endorsement by Friday morning. A vote by the Party Central Committee was not exclusive. We said this earlier. There was a motion to suspend the party rules in order to endorse the other four Republican candidates who spoke at the uh, forum. That motion failed. The motion was made by Jerry Ward, who uh, who works for Palin's campaign. He's a former state lawmaker. Uh, he made that uh, motion several hours after the forum concluded. Um, opponents have complained that the endorsement about the endorsement through the convention, including a Saturday forum, saying they were caught by surprise. Um. I think it's wrong that we learned about an endorsement being handed out before people on the stage had an opportunity to speak to the delegates, said Tara Sweeney. Well, but again, he had – this is what kills me. He he submitted and asked for – he requested it. He filled out the paperwork. He did – I mean, he did the work. He did what he was supposed to do, Right. I would like your endorsement. Let me send you a letter. Can I have your endorsement? I I just, wow. Baggage shall work to position himself as the convention darling. He said, people in this room are doing, uh, are the people doing the work. You are not a good old boys club, he said. That was, of course, referring to Palin's jab about the good old boys club being in full swing. Um. Opponents attacked Baggage over his voting record, his membership in a prominent Democratic family. I mean, you can't pick your family, am I right? But at a 2016 campaign forum where he was running for Anchorage Assembly, he acknowledged he'd voted for two Democrats in his life, his uncle and Ethan Berkowitz. Now, I don't know which uncle, Tom or Mark, but one of them. Um, and then he was questioned by Josh Revac. 
who said, I think that it's really interesting that you said on the radio that you voted for Berkowitz, said Revac. I've always been a Republican. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I had a hard time saying that with a straight face. (laughs) Josh Revac, I've always been a (laughs) Republican. Oh, oh, Josh. Oh, yeah, you've always been a Republican, buddy. You have always been a Republican. Uh Uh-huh. You keep using that word. It doesn't mean what I think it thinks. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, anyway, Josh Revac. That was his. If that was your mic drop moment, Josh, you got some work to do. That's all I'm saying. It's. Uh, uh, let's see. The most spirited part of the forum came in response to a question from moderator Campbell, who was also a former lieutenant governor. The question was about banning transgender women's participation in women's sports. Baggage got a standing ovation for his blunt response that said men are men and women are women. Tara Sweeney, who had answered the question before baggage, had tried to make a more nuanced approach that got her booed severely by the crowd. I think this is a loaded question, one that deserves deliberation. We need to remember that these individuals who are struggling with sexual identity and gender identity are human beings, and we should not villainize them. I don't think anybody was trying to villainize anybody. I think it was a standard question, Tara. That's just me. I mean, I mean, I just me. Um, let's see what else. Um, she said, uh, Sweeney also said, I'm a Ted Stevens Republican, not a Ted Nugent Republican, which was of course a direct slap at Palin who was trying to get the Nuge up here for a meet and greet or something. Um, anyway, there was, there was a lot of stuff, but here was the most, you want to know what the most surprising and disappointing part of uh, the most disappointing part of this whole thing was this was picked up at the very end of the article. Very end of the article. Uh, when asked who they would rank second on their ballot, when they ranked everybody, when they asked all the people who were there who they would rank as their second choice on the ballot in a ranked choice voting scenario, Palin, Sweeney, Revac, and baggage, all named John Coghill as the candidate they would rank second on their ballot. Oh, man. Coghill argued for unity among the Republicans in a race, uh, uh, in the race in the state's first election under ranked choice voting. Any one of those is a good servant. That's why I said this is a team effort, he said after the forum. I'm sorry for some of the shots that happened, but they're trying to differentiate themselves. But John Coghill was ranked as the number two for all of those people. <clears throat> I don't know. Would he make a better would he make a better congressman than he did a state senator? Uh, you know. Are any of those Republicans veterans? Josh Revac's a veteran. Josh Revac. But yep, everybody voted. Coghill was their, uh, um, you know, Coghill is the is their choice. 
<laughs> oh man. I mean, it's a hard, yeah, that's a hard no for me for sure. Uh, that's a hard no for me. Uh, Coghill didn't even rank in the top four as far as I'm concerned. I would pick Revac before I would pick Coghill at this point. Um, <laughs> uh, David in the chat room attended. He said, I almost laughed out loud when Sarah said, I would pick either of these two gesturing at Coghill and Revac because I have the clarity to know who's in this for the right reasons. Oh. Uh, Hey, is that out of the mouth speaks the heart? I mean, pot, kettle, black, what? <sighs> anyway, so this, I mean, this is, this must have been just a total poo parade to watch this thing unfold. Uh, I'm glad I didn't waste my weekend on something like that. That's all I could say right now. I was much better off helping my daughter do her taxes than anything else. It's like the worst thing ever. Um, All right. We got more coming up. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based. Free-thinking radio. Don't forget, you can always come out and join us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. If you'd like to participate on the program and do some chatting in the room with all the other listeners we've got out there right now. I don't know. Probably 50, 50 folks, 60, 65 folks right now. Come on out and join us. We're going to be back with more and more of your phone calls right after this. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. You know what the bad news is on this? Sandy just said, you know, they, maybe they picked Coghill because he had the least chance in reality. The problem is, is the, with ranked choice voting is that the person who normally gets the most number twos has a statistically pretty large chance of winning. So if everybody else is pointing at Coghill and saying, oh, yeah, he'd make a great number two. I mean, then, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a pretty good chance of, of, uh, of that being that. Anyway, Karen says this entire voting process is going to screw us. This has to be stopped. I don't, it can't, it, you know, it can't be stopped at this point, Karen. I think we're going to have to live through one cycle of this as it is. We're going to have to live through one cycle of this ranked choice voting my prediction is is that people get so upset, and um, and, uh, and and it, it it I think I think that ranked choice voting and ballot measure number two may be repealed next year. Now, whether the legislature does it or whether enough people get up in arms about it is is a question, uh, or at least it, maybe it won't be repealed, but it will. There will be an attempt to repeal it. Let me just put it that way. Um, because people are going to be angry, angry at this whole thing. Jason on YouTube says, hearing that from these candidates has me rethinking my choice. What does that mean, Jason? You thinking of a choice to somebody else? What are you, what are you thinking? Uh, we all got to hold our nose and rank the red. It's the only way we can hold off the Democrats. It takes two years to repeal. I know it takes two years to repeal, Michael. I know that. Um, 
the uh, but the ref uh, a referendum doesn't. You can if you could gather enough. Imp- well, you, then you have to still have to hit the thing. It's going to be two years. Doesn't matter. You're right. It's still going to be two years. But uh, the legislature can't modify a, a citizens' initiative for two years for sure. Uh, Bush data is too expensive to watch that lineup. They shouldn't have worried about the number two. Strong coffee in the morning is a more dependable outcome. Okay. Um, you think the legislature, when it gains so many do- Democrats, will want this repealed? Uh, the legislature, do they even do anything except throw money down rat holes? I'm okay. Um Typical Alaska, a poop parade for everything. <laughs> it's, it's, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, there is no good second choice on a ranked choice ballot. Oh, I think that there is. I mean, I think I've got plenty of, uh, of choices. Uh, I mean, there's a good libertarian candidate in there. There's a couple of decent Republican candidates. I think that there's at least enough, you know, candidates in there to rank three or four. But um, it was stated that ballot measure two will be either repealed by legislation or by resolution, said Gabriel. Uh, who stated that? Who stated that? Coghill is an absolute no for me, said Jason. And if there's a choice for two, and if that is their choice for two, maybe their thought process is messed up. I mean, yeah. Um, I I find it. Yeah, no, uh, I'm sorry. I just, it's a hard no. I, I agree with Greg earlier who said it was a hard no for him. I agree. It's a hard no for all the way around for me on Coghill. All right. Let me see if I missed anything else out here. Um,. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I'm going backwards here. Um, Revac recently voted in committee to add a requirements for all voters in Alaska to be required to have a license. That's very Republican of him. I mean, this is the same Josh Revac that said, well, I mean, what if the permanent fund dividend went to $10,000 a piece? We can't give that to people. Excuse me? Pardon? What? Elon Musk bought Twitter. Did he really? Oh, let me drudge this. Let me drudge this real quick. Um, Twitter stock jumps on reports it's ready to accept Musk bid developing. Wow. Okay. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens on that. Be watching that. Okay. Um, let's see what what else happens. Well, it 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 just said that they look like they're accepting the offer. That's not clo- according to the thing. It's not closed yet, but we'll 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 keep watching it. <clears throat> Sweeney isn't a biologist, so she doesn't agree that men are men and women are women. She says we need to take their feelings into consideration. Yeah, yeah. I I got the I got the go. I got I got it. All right, we're 25 seconds out here. Uh, Final segment of the show for this hour. Uh, If you guys like to join us, feel free to give us a call. 907-433-3150. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based. Free-thinking radio. Like and share on Facebook. Like and follow 
Uh, and don't forget to subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube. Let's go. All right, welcome back. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Uh, just talking with the crowd here about, uh, you know, what their, what their thoughts are on uh, the reaction from the state GOP here and all the candidates that are up there. Uh, I think universally people kind of got a they gasped a little bit in the chat room when it was announced that all of the candidates said John Coghill would be my second choice. Um, I think that that's um, I think that that's a problem. I think that's a major problem and may be a major flaw in most of these candidates' um, kind of uh, uh, philosophy. I guess when it's all said and done, it's a little frustrating. Uh, quite honestly, to see that. Uh, John has, uh, I think John has done a lot of damage in the state. Um, specifically, I'm talking about over the state budgets and the PFD specifically. And um, and I just don't think that he is the right guy for the job. That's my personal take. John's a nice guy. Um, I think he believes what he's doing is right, but I believe what he's doing is actually wrong. Um, like I said, I've had, I've had conversations with John about this over the years. And, uh, I think that, um, I think his, his, uh, he's, he's got misguided, uh, beneficence. You know what I mean? He's very benevolent, but he's benevolent with your money. Um, and he's very compassionate, but he's compassionate with your money. And I think that that, uh, overall is part of the problem when government picks the winners and losers like that. I think it's part of the problem. Um, all right. Uh, what else we got here, uh, for stories on the day? Oh, this story. Oh man. Can you wait for this? I mean, I mean, could, I could not wait for this, I guess is what I meant to say. (laughs) There's a story in the ADN. Remember we were talking about the school bond packages in Anchorage and how, um, you know, they just, they couldn't figure out how did these fail? How did these fail? I don't understand. Well, part of the story about maybe why they failed might have to do with some of the contention around the Inlet uh, View Elementary School, which sits over there in the South Edition. And there's been a contentious battle. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole story. Suffice it to to say that this is one of the most beloved schools in the district. There's a waiting list for people who want to get their kids in there. Uh, I mean, this, the, the 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 teachers there stay for years. It's a it's a whole deal. But the building's got some problems, right? It's at the end of its life, and there's been some resistance from the community in uh, in how they want to fix it, including this new proposed build that they want to do, and some of the neighbors are upset about it. After the new design became public, 100 people signed a letter asking the district to consider their concerns, which I would think would, you know, make sense. 
Since then, a core group of neighbors have done most of the campaigning to fight the plan to relocate the building from the north edge of the property to the south. They cited concerns about groundwater, traffic patterns, even whether the playground would be in the shade for much of the year. And they've got a whole bunch of things. And a group came together called Friends of Inlet View Elementary School, and they wanted to make sure that this was all said and done. I'm going to long and short you the whole story here, but here's the here's the long and the short of it is. They developed quite a following. They went to work on it. They did it. Now, there was some bitter, you know, messages left back and forth and people. There's, there's a little anxiety. There's a little hatred going on between two different groups. Some have said that some of the people in there are NIMBYs, not in my backyards, who want to stop the rebuild because it would put the new school much closer to their homes or it would change their views or do whatever. But here is the kicker of this whole story. This is this is just, it gives you an idea of how your elected officials feel about you. Uh, Deborah and Martin Hansen are one of the people who started this, uh, this, uh, this group that I was just telling you about, the Friends of the Inlet View Elementary School, who have been fighting back against this. And after the school bond's defeat became obvious, Martin Hansen received a text message from Zach Fields, his elected representative in the Alaska legislature. Here's what the text message said. There is a special place in hell for people that oppose schools that kids in the neighborhood need. We will keep Inlet View open despite your reprehensible attempts to shut the school down. It then ends with Fields telling Hansen to, quote, I strongly encourage you to move out of South Edition. This neighborhood supports schools, and if you don't, then you should leave now. What? Excuse me, buddy? You got a good dentist? Because we're about to have a dust-up. There's a special place in hell for people that oppose, that, that oppose cool. This is, I mean, I can't even, what? I strongly encourage you to move out of South Edition. If you don't support the schools, you should leave now. <laughs> wow. Oh, you better not come up and meet me face to face, buddy. We're going to have a problem. A problem. Oh, uh, let's go back to the phones here. Uh, we can come back to this story, but uh, I just, I mean, I was just so shocked by that. I i mean, it just shows you. You don't agree with me? We're going to threaten you. Uh, let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Mike. This is Mark from Fairbanks. Good morning, Mark. What's on your mind? Well, a couple of points in brief. You know, the, uh, the uh, priests of the state... Uh, are going to be more militant. Those are your educrats, uh, number one. Number two, as a campaign coordinator for Governor Hickel, myself, uh, this is exactly why Governor Hickel wouldn't support Coghill's father as governor, because they're totally uh, twisted. They're uh, to, to really turn their back on Alaskans. And... Uh, I'd encourage everybody to read the Swedish medical report released uh, from Swedish Lund University 
on what is actually the bio-warfare shot uh, under the cloak of COVID, and that's been released in the Journal of Bio, uh, bio uh, Molecular Biology. Uh, uh, okay. So those are references, and uh, I hope they help your listeners. So let's all rally behind Sarah Palin and Chewbacca. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate your thoughts this morning. Let's uh, continue over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Ron from North Pole. Hello, my friend. Today? I'm doing good. You? I'm well, thank you. I I, I tried to restrain myself, but I, I just couldn't. Uh, can you say uh, authoritarian do-gooder? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, definitely. It means because, it, because that that is the perfect descriptor for Mr. Coghill. Right. And I would simply uh, state that while I'm not the world's greatest mathematician, I can count as high as 91. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I'll leave it at that, sir. Well, Have I mean, I appreciate it. Thank you, Ron. I mean, that's the problem. Uh, you know, I mean, I remember having a conversation with John Coghill back in 1999 when they made the first run of the permanent fund and they were trying to change it to PMV then. And 83% of the people voted against that. And I later on asked him, I said, John, why are you fighting? I mean, why would you do this? And he said, well, you don't understand. I got people coming into my office every day and the stories they're telling me, it's just, it's so, I mean, I've got to help them. I've got to support them. It's my Christian duty to help and support them. And I'm like, well, yeah, but with your money, not with everybody else's, right? I mean, because somebody comes in and tells you a story or a sob story or, you know, it, it, it describes to you a, d- a definite need doesn't mean that you just need the government to come in and fix everything. And that's the problem authoritarian benevolence. That's exactly what it's all about. Um, And also, that's the same problem that we have here with Zach Fields. Authoritarian benevolence. We will keep Inlet View open despite your reprehensible attempts to shut the school down. They just didn't want the, they just wanted to have input on the school that was being built in their community. Because they wanted to have input and the state had not given them input? Is that what you're... What? I mean, what? I strongly encourage you to move out of South Anchorage. This neighborhood supports schools, and if you don't, then you should leave now. Well, uh, oh man. I, I would not want to be at the neighborhood picnic with this. I couldn't believe it, said Hansen, a retired National Park Service employee who now moonlights as a cross-country ski coach and kindergarten teaching aide. He goes, it's a personal threat. Someone is telling me I need to leave. Yeah, I mean, that's... Fields did say he texted a few days later to apologize for his choice words. But he maintains that he's just a passionate supporter of the school. Um, what? I, wow. I mean, just freaking wow. But uh, don't worry, he apologized, so it's all okay now. He apologized, so everything's forgiven, right? Or, you know, whatever. Just there's a special place in hell for people like you. And you better move out of town now. Because we don't like the color of your skin. I mean, we don't like the way you think about schools. Just think about that threat for a minute in a different light. (laughs) 
I mean... <laughs> Crazy. All right. Out of time for this hour. We got uh, more coming up. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. It's so offensive to me that we would even be questioning having a functioning building for students, said Fields. What? I don't think that that was the... I mean, that's the thing. I don't think that's what they're looking for. I don't think they're trying to say we don't want a new building. I think what they're saying is we would just like to have a little input on what's going on. They launched, this group, launched a volley of letters to the editors and attended every public meeting about the project they could. They said they were upset that they hadn't been consulted and that no one in the district seemed to be listening to their concerns over the new design. It was not a respectful dialogue, and that's something I think this neighborhood values. I mean, that's the problem. Again, they cited concerns about groundwater, traffic patterns, and even whether the the playground would be in the shade much of the year as a reason to halt the project. I mean, the ta- the tagline for this group, Friends of the Inlet View Elementary School, is pro-public schools, pro-public process. <clears throat> they just wanted to be involved. But uh, no, no, no. It's so offensive that they would question about having functioning buildings for students. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, man. I just, Wow. Yeah, but, you know, to basically say there's a special place in hell for people like you. Why do you hate children? Why do you hate... I just suggest you move out of town now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kenneth says, it'd be a shame if Mr. Fields' house burned down. Maybe he should consider leaving. I mean... <laughs> that's right. This is the same guy that attacked Kelly Shibaka for being religious. I, you know, he is just a despicable human being. I mean, he, it, he really is. Uh, but he's the leg wrestling buddy champion with uh, Kelly Merrick, too. Kelly Merrick and Rasmussen and all those folks. These, I mean, these are the folks that hang together. We don't take kindly to your types around here. That's right. Oh, it's... Uh, I mean, it's just, it's so just discouraging. All right. Uh, we got uh, more coming up in hour two. Let's see what uh, Greg says. It seems we have a group considering, no, it seems we have a group competing to see who can make themselves look the most stupid. I, but it's not really much of a competition at this point, is it? I mean, that was some pretty dumb stuff right there. That was some. Right, flat out, pretty dumb stuff. Um, my kids went to the Inlet View. The custodian smoked all day in his room in the nineties. Well, that's that was the nineties, man. I mean, what do you expect? I still remember the nineties. The FNSB just banned the students from working on their own private vehicles and shop classes, including snow machines and lawnmowers. 
Well, because, of course, you shouldn't be able to benefit from what they're trying to teach you, right? I mean, that shouldn't be. I mean, right? My mortgage company says, Paul, just sent me a letter saying my mortgage payment is going up $134 this year. Why do you think that is? Bonds and mill rate increases. Fields can suck it. Oh, man. Um, John Coghill read a portion of the Bible where children's PFD should be taken for government expenditure. I don't know what that means, Michael. I don't know what that means. Fields doesn't walk through the Capitol. He slithers. Uh, it's no longer a neighborhood school. Most children arrive from South Anchorage to attend school, says David. Um, sounds like we need late 19th century French politics to make a comeback. I would not look forward to that. I'm sorry, Bullet. I would not. Uh, I would not look forward to that. Coghill won't be in the top four. Santa Claus will get more votes in the primary. We only vote for one, so they all. So they all told you, vote for me or throw your vote away, is what they were saying. Uh, we only have to vote for one of them in the primary. If two make it through, then we'll worry about ranking them later. And it's, you're 100% true on that as well. And I see that Karen put, uh, let me see, there was another link in here. What are you linking here, Carol? What am I looking at? I hate it when I can't find what's going on. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Thank you for that. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Carol. I forgot about that. I'm so glad you posted that. Um, FNSB has also just canceled firefighter and EMT classes for students. Yeah, well... We'll have to see what uh, goes on for that. All right, so thank you, Carol, for that. That I had to go into the Wayback Machine for that. Um, let's go down here. LMAO, it's your commentary this morning. Thank you. I'm glad I could entertain. The whole point of this show is to educate, enlighten, and entertain, all three. So if you're ready to continue it, we're going to jump into it now with Hour 2. And then I'm going to take a strange off-ramp at some point. I'm going to talk a little bit about the edu- the uh, entertainment industry. Uh, specifically, the crime. <clears throat> the crime. And the, the, you know what I mean, true crime. All right. You ready? Let's uh, let's just jump onto it. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Hour two is right now. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. 
Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Streaming live around the world on the interwebs uh, at MichaelDukesShow.com. And across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. Uh, Thank you for coming in here and uh, joining us. It is hour two of the Michael Duke Show, Monday edition. Monday. Are you guys ready to rock and roll and talk about uh, all the things that you want to talk about? We're open lining, open forming it. Open lining. That's not really a word. It's open line, open form today. I've got some more headlines to dive into and talk about. Uh, no, we're not going to talk about the Johnny Depp trial. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just don't care. I just, I could not care less about that or anything else. I do care about what goes on in this state, though. And uh, for those of you who just joined us here, you're not members of the Six O'clock Club. Why not? You could be. All you got to do is show up at before seven, and you're official members of the Six O'clock Club. But, um, you know, uh, if you're just joining us now, then um, you missed the discussion that we were just having about Zach Fields and some of the other stuff uh, that was going on um, that was going on uh, in politics. And somebody reminded me of something that I don't know how it slipped through, but we didn't get a chance to really talk about this. Um, uh, But there was an article that Suzanne Downing wrote, uh, must read. It was just talking about the death of Don Young. It was not a bad article. It was not, I mean, it just was kind of factual and here's what was going on and everything else. And I'm reminded about how we in this state are blessed with having some great statesmen, right? I mean, great, great statement, statesmen. I mean, we were just talking about Josh or uh, about um, Zach Fields and his text message to one of his own constituents where he said, there's a special place in hell for people that oppose schools that kids and neighborhoods need. We'll keep in view open despite your reprehensible attempts to shut it down. And I strongly encourage you to move out of South Anchorage. This neighborhood supports schools. And if you don't, then you should leave now. Okay. I mean, he's a statesman, obviously, but not as much as a statesman as Josh Revac, who after this story from, um, who after this story from, uh, uh, from Suzanne Downing, uh, posted on Easter Sunday, no less. Suzanne, you are the biggest piece of human waste on the planet. Just wanted you to know that. (laughs) What? What? Okay. (sighs) I mean, we've got some statesmen. That's right, statesmen. Anyway, I... uh, yeah, you just got to wonder about people. You got to wonder about people. That's and then of course later on he uh, yeah later on he uh, he posted a non apology. Suzanne, I was very sad and angry yesterday. I loved Don Young. I would have taken a bullet for him. When the story broke before the family was notified, what I was told, I took that very personally. I was looking for someone to be mad at, and you had 
uh, and you had been less than favorable to him in the recent past, still I shouldn't have said what I said. Uh, okay, so you're assuming that Don Yen's family hadn't been notified and that, wow, I mean, I loved him. I, because he told me that he wanted me to replace him. And, <sighs> statesman, statesman. That's that's exactly right, statesman right there. Uh, all right, but let's uh, let's get into something, I guess, more substantive. Um, let's talk a little bit about the new formula for the permanent fund dividend that is going to be voted on this week in the Senate. Uh, the Senate Finance Committee has put forward a bill voted without dissent to advance a new payment formula to the full Senate. Senator Peter Machicki said the vote could take place as soon as this week. Uh, he said it's very important, depending on any amendments that happen in that bill, that this is the cornerstone of a fiscal plan. This is all, by the way, you can read all this in the ADM. Now, nobody knows exactly what's going to happen with the bill. Again, it could be amended on the floor of the Senate. It still has to go to the House. Whether the governor signs off on it and it becomes law is something totally new, but it is what it is. The legislature voted in 2018 to set up the, uh, the it was through SB 26, to set up the POMV where they would take a new formula and it would take half the, it would take that transfer, that reoccurring transfer from the permanent fund to the state treasury and it would put half for the dividends and half for government spending. Dunleavy, of course, has made his proposal to uh, put a permanent constitutional 50-50 formula in and has published a budget projections that show that it was sustainable. Now, folks on the finance committee were skeptical that high oil prices will remain for longer than a year and believe that the cost of services could rise faster than the, what's projected by the governor's budget. As a result, the finance committee's proposal would reduce payments in subsequent years to 25% of the transfer. So, in this first year, a 2022 dividend payment would be about $2,600. That's at the 50-50 amount. And then in subsequent years, it would be 75-25 with 75% going to government and 25% going to the permanent fund dividend. And then legislatures, uh, legislators would have to agree on tax and revenue worth at least $800 million per year before the end of 2026. And then the 50-50 would resume in 2027. Now, if not, the 75-25 split would continue. Now, here's the problem. These are all statutory changes. None of this matters, right? I mean, this is uh, this is uh, Drew Carrington again. You know, this is uh, you know whose line is it anyway? Where the rules are made up and the points don't count. That's exactly what we're at here. We are exactly at that point where it doesn't matter what they say. Okay, well, we'll do this. It'll be a 50-50 formula, and we'll find $800 million in revenue. But um, they don't have to follow it. I mean, if, if they, they, would not, they don't have to follow anything. 
It's an unusual move, says the paper. Senators are advancing the formula change bill without a guarantee that it has enough support to pass. Because the problem is, is that they've got to get something out there and they don't have enough support to pass it on their own. So the whole thing could hit the uh, could hit the floor and then not have enough support to pass it in the Senate. And that means that it could change substantially. They're talking about, again, amending it. One alternative discussed by Senate Minority Leader Tom Beggage would gradually step up dividends from 75-25 to 50-50 over multiple years. Uh, Beggage and other lawmakers have also proposed reducing the amount of new revenue needed to trigger the 50-50 formula. But again, this none of this matters because it's all based on statutory law. Um, again, skeptical lawmakers have advocated for a constitutionally guaranteed dividend because lawmakers could ignore a changed formula just as they have ignored the existing formula. Uh, last year, a legislative working group said a formula change should be accompanied by other pieces of legislation like a tightened spending cap and new revenue. I mean, this was the fiscal policy working group. Senator David Wilson said he's skeptical of a proposal that doesn't include those other pieces. I mean, he's actually talking about the Fiscal Policy Working Group. Non-binding intent language within the formula bill says that it's envisioned as a first step towards complete towards a complete plan. Except we all know, I mean, Bert Stedman has been has been recorded on the floor saying that intent language doesn't matter at all. Non-binding resolutions and all that intent language doesn't matter a whit. They don't care. They, they don't care. Previous dividend votes in the Senate have taken place with razor-thin margins and the same is expected when lawmakers debate the formula change. Uh, Bachicki is quoted as saying it's going to be an exciting day on the floor. Okay, great. Yeah, I mean it'll be exciting because you know I'm I'm sure I'm sure I know where you'll be voting on that. But this is this is the this is the best we could get out of the Senate. Again, this is the Senate Finance Committee that was supposedly working towards the will of the majority caucus in the Senate. If if this is the will of the majority caucus in the I don't think it is. Remember, the Senate majority hasn't even met once. I mean, maybe it's happened since last week, but they haven't met once this year. So what what good is the majority caucus doing for us right now? This is insane. We, We continue to prioritize the spend on government, the the government spend over the private sector. Day in and day out, week after week, month after month, that's what we are facing right now. 75-25. And I guarantee you, if this winning, let's just hypothetically say this gets a passed or approved or whatever, we get to the 75-25, there's no way they're going to be able to try and find $800 in new revenue so it'll remain 75-25, and I guarantee you that in four or five years, that 25, just we, well, I'm sorry, we just can't afford that unless you want us to institute new taxes to pay for it. So we'll have to take it all. And then five years after that, 
well, we just don't have enough revenue, so now we're going to have to tax you. This is where it's going, folks. Just look at the progression since the permanent fund was instituted. Look at the progression of what the government spend has done and everything else. And you got people like this saying, we just couldn't possibly cut the size and scope of government. We couldn't possibly live within our means. We couldn't possibly pay the permanent fund, even though that's obvious what the, what the framers meant it to be. It was meant to be first call on everything else. It was meant to be a governor and a restriction on government spending. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. Because these people, they know better than you. They know better than you, and you should just, you know, be good little children and go off into the corner and let the adults and grown-ups in the room speak, because that's what's going to happen. All right, 433-3150, The Michael Duke Show continues. We got more coming up. We'll take your calls on the Pivotel call-in line in just a moment if you'd like to call in and be part of it. Otherwise, I'm going to be talking about true crime, the entertainment industry, and the brainwashing of American society. Yep, I'm changing gears a little bit because it's a. I got a little. I got a little burned up about something on Friday. We'll talk about that. Back with more of the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. light our guide and our trusted friend and no i don't mean the johnny depp trial um all right you need a segment on this get your own radio show harold do what you want you don't like what you hear feel free to spin the dial um, or get your own radio show. You can talk about whatever the hell you won't talk about. All right, let's go over here to the phones and see who's calling here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Sean Danilchik. You helped me out about eight months ago when I called you up on a legislation bill that, that Senator Shower going to pass, and they passed the uh, Senate Resolution 3. Okay. So thanks on that. Hey, I'm Oh, well, hold, hold, hold on, hold on, Sean, hold on, hold on. We're still in the commercial break, and I want people to hear what you have to say. So be patient with me and hang okay. out. We'll be right back to you. You'll be number one in the queue. So uh, don't uh, don't go anywhere. Most of you are lost and confused because Harold knows better than any of us how we should run our lives. Absolutely, Harold. We should just shut down and sit up, sit down and shut up because you know you. You've got the. You've got a handle on this. You've got a handle on this. You know it. Um, <laughs> just the audacity. Uh, okay. Oh, exactly what they were doing, and they won't stop until they take it all and tax us on top of that. That's pretty much the problem. Um, government is growing because of the people elected. Sound off and vote, says Charlie. Yep. Yipper. The crony capitalist Republican Party legislators answer to the Rasmussen Foundation and GCI. 
All right. Um, let's see. Be grateful that we have statesmen and visionaries ruling. Uh, er, <laughs> sarcasm off. Be grateful. Be grateful. Um, what else we got here? Uh, I got a resolution drafted to bring before my district committee. If passed, we will censure and deny any aid to Click Bishop for violating party values and goals. Oof. I like that idea. I like that idea, David. Kevin McCabe says the people need to vote. The dividend formula needs to be in the Constitution. I mean, which again leads us to the question of will a constitutional convention do what needs to be done? Don't know. Um, if Dunleavy selects Machiki, if Dunleavy selects Machiki, that would fit with his other selections over the years. Are you suggesting that Dunleavy is going to is going to appoint Machiki to his uh, his lieutenant governors? Um. Oh, Machiki is in Dunleavy's face to select him for lieutenant governor. He knows that Tuckerman's going to take him out. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's possible. I think that Tuckerman definitely is probably going to take him out. But uh, seven years ago, Revac was a community organizer in Minnesota. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, just scrolling through here. All the different comments. Um, let's talk about the idol of the love of money. Um, and what was the kind of house government control leading the state towards a cliff? Mass invasion. Look around. Here's a fill of the unsuspected villager shot. I mean, I, I, I don't see it as a mass invasion, but I, I know some people do. Only reason Dunleavy could not could have for not picking a running mate all this time is that it's a sitting legislator and he's to wait until the session is over. That's pretty much been my consideration this whole time is that he's waiting to pick one. Now, whether it's von Imhoff or Machiki or somebody else, I don't know. But that was it. If we were in the majority in the House, the PFD would not be a question right now. We're not in the majority, in my opinion, because of fackle tactics. Fackle which we've talked a little bit about, but not enough. Uh, somebody actually sent me some good information on that. Maybe we should talk about that uh, here in the near future. All right, uh, we're going to jump into this here. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free thinking radio. Like it, share, like it, follow. All right, welcome back to the program. We're continuing now. I got some things I want to kind of run off at the mouth about, but before we get to that, we're going to uh, jump over to the Pivotel call-in lines. Sean is calling in from Nanilchik. Let's go over there and see what he has to say. Thanks for holding, my friend. What's on your mind? Hey, thanks, boss. Two months ago, you helped me out try to pass a, uh, a Senate resolution so that we could stop the nonprofits from sending all the money out of the state. Mike Sauer did a great job with that, and that really helps. 
Next one I'm going to do down here is so I can trade firewood for fish or fish for firewood, like you're saying with the PFD. Because they right. made it so I can't trade any commodities. I could die up here. Next thing, Josh Reback, trash. Let's all vote for Kelly. Get Murkowski out of here. Vegas, if he's going to do the right thing, let's help him. If he's not, let's hold him accountable in about a year from now. Yeah. Thank you for all your assistance. Well, I appreciate that, Sean. I agree. I mean, I think that you've pretty much hit the nail on the head. We need to get back to, you know, doing what we do best and being able to live, uh, you know, live free in our in our own state here, being able to live and work and, uh, you know, without the governmental interference that we seem to be getting at every level. Every time they add one more new rule and reg, they add another body to enforce it, and it just continues to build up on the cost and size and scope of government, and we need to do it. Can I tell you one thing you can laugh at? Yeah, go ahead. Down here on the Kenai, if you buy firewood from any of the stores, Home Depot, that kind of stuff, it comes from Washington, and it comes in .75 cubic bags, and they make it so you can't buy firewood around here from anybody trying to send it around here because they're calling it forestry wood. Everybody needs to take a look at what they're doing. Yeah, no. Have a great day. I appreciate it. I thank you for bringing us, uh, bringing us that up to our attention on that. Appreciate you calling in, Sean. Thanks very much. Uh, 433-3150-433-3150 if you would like to sound off and join us uh, this morning here on the Pivotel call-in line. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, so let me change gears completely. Okay, I'm going to change gears completely um, for you on this. Um, This is kind of a – and this is not planned necessarily. I don't have anything written down or anything, but I want to talk a bit about this because – I think it's important. I came home from I came home from work on Friday, and uh, my one of my wife's favorite things to do in an afternoon is to sit down and watch an episode or two. She's doing some knitting or working on some projects or something, and she's got uh, Law and Order up on the TV. Right now, Law and Order, world famous. You know, don't don't everybody knows you know what's going on with it and everything. But uh, so I walk into the room and I, I get all myself all dressed down and in my in my comfies and I come back downstairs and I sit down on the couch and I'm just watching the, the end of the episode with her or whatever it was because um, I don't particularly care one way or the other whether I watch Law and Order or not. But I'm watching this show now. Granted, well, I guess not granted, but this was this was a show that was probably easily 10 or 15 years old. Because she's watching the older episodes. And it really became apparent to me how the elites in this country are continually using things like modern media, like, for example, law and order, to brainwash people into not understanding their own rights and the limitations that are on law enforcement, limitations that are there to protect us. And um, I watched this episode, and my wife finally said, she said, here, look, you just watch what you want to watch. She turned it off. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She goes, you are, you are, I was, because I was commenting. Because I was watching on this show what was going on. You know, Things like interviewing a 15 or 16-year-old girl without her parents present. You know, telling school administrators to lock her in a room and don't give her access to a phone. 
um, you know, putting people, you know, trying to interview people on the spot instead of uh, basically reading the Miranda rights or even when they say we'd like to have counsel, continuing to badger them after they say they like counsel. Um, the the searching of, of places and vehicles without proper consent. I mean, it's just it's this never ending cycle of things that you see on television, especially around, you know, police procedural shows and things like that. And, you know, while you're watching the show, you're always rooting for the good guys to win. So it's okay for them to cut corners. It's okay for them to break into an apartment that they don't have keys to or probable cause to go into. But they do it. Oh, look, we found it open. I mean, after they jimmied the lock open. Oh, look, it's open. You know, all these things. It inures us to this stuff. This is, I mean, it is just crazy. Uh, so I'm watching this and I'm thinking more and more about what's going on. And uh, and, and there was another episode where uh, that, uh, uh, you know, where a police officer shows up and there was a kid and they're like, we, we want to come in. And the kid's like, no, no, my dad wouldn't like that. And they force their way into the house. And I'm watching this whole thing and I'm just thinking people just think this is okay. People just, people think that it's okay for the police to do all these things. And it's not, and we're not, I mean, if you haven't told every one of your children that nobody comes into your house, police officers or not, unless they present you with a bona fide search warrant, then you're raising your kids wrong. What have you got to hide? What have you got to, you know, oh, you wouldn't need a lawyer if you didn't have something to hide except for, and this is this is the bright spot of this whole deal, you know, true crime has become such a huge, huge niche um, interest, right? True crime, uh, true crime podcasts, true crime uh, television shows and, uh, um, and, uh, and, and documentaries and everything else. And you know what they say? You know what you know what you see? You see in those things, you see the fact that time and time and time again in many of these cases you see police cutting corners, taking shortcuts, violating people's rights. You see, you know, people who chose a suspect and you know, ignored all the other evidence because this was the easy suspect to get done. We saw this kind of stuff I mean, we saw this kind of stuff over and over and over again, and it started to remind people that police are just human beings, and there are bad amongst the good as well. And so a lot of these true crime people are now are starting to get their eyes open about this kind of stuff. That, you know, you need a warrant to come into my house without my invitation. You need to be, you know, I mean, if you get pulled over by a police officer and they, for example, want uh, they want uh, your permission to search your vehicle. You tell them no. You tell them no. Why? Well, uh, I watched a documentary uh, video the other day. I just happened to catch it. Somebody sent it over to me, and I watched it. And it was of a police officer in uh, Florida who had three 
hundred convictions overturned because in many of them he had planted drugs during the search. He was trying to get on the narcotics team. And they actually had him on his body camera. That's how they eventually caught him, is they could see in his hand, gripped in his hand, a little packet of drugs that he later on went in and planted in the vehicle as he was doing the search. Or you could be like one of my other friends who bought a used vehicle and didn't realize that hidden and down in the seat was some leftover drug paraphernalia in the crack of the seat. It was a He bought an old taxi cab from somebody. And there was like, you know, some folded up tinfoil that had some drugs or the residue or whatever in it. And I mean, it was a it was a thing. You've got to know your rights and just stop. TV is not real, right? We know that. Somebody in the chat room just said that. TV is not real. Well, we understand that. The problem is, is that as people watch this TV, and, and you know what? You may not watch TV. Several people in the chat, I don't watch TV. Okay, good for you. Good for you that you don't watch TV. You know what? A lot of people do. And if that becomes part of their mantra that they become inured to seeing police violate people's due process, if they become inured to the ideas that they are sovereign in their own persons and that they have constitutional rights that they can exercise, then they just won't know anymore. It's, I mean, it's just... It's crazy. It's it's just absolutely crazy to watch. But this really ticked me off to watch this kind of thing. And, and everybody was with a straight face. Oh, yeah, sure, you could interview this teen without her parents. You could bust into this guy's house and push past the young boy that was in the, in the doorway, uh, you know, without a warrant because you, you said you could. I mean, it's so frustrating. So frustrating. Oh, man. All right. Uh, let's go over to the phones one more time here before we run out the clock, and then we'll open up the final segment for just whatever comes whatever comes a knocking. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, Mike. Jeff from Homer listening to you watching those shows. I've I done the same thing years ago. I don't watch them anymore, but I was involved in, in stating some of that I would mean. Um, you know, you get stopped by a police officer, you can ask him what his probable cause is. If he doesn't answer you, it's very probable he doesn't have a cause. He just stopped you. And, you know, you're very right there. It's like there's a great case. I can't remember what state it's in, but a guy had a Lamborghini, and they marked his tires. They took it all the way to the Superior Court, and he won about five years ago. Okay? They deemed that you cannot touch a vehicle without a search warrant in any way, shape, or form. And get this, you can't get a search warrant for a chalking a tire. Right. Because for a parking ticket. Right? right, right. So highly illegal any town that does that, but still towns, they do it on the spit. And, uh, but they go on the top of the tire now, they're polite about it. you know. And, and it is aggravating to see a brand new $70,000 vehicle with a bunch of tire marks on it just for parking. And, uh, you know, all of that is, is, is their powers, their powers. And uh, there is a lot of, lot of officers across the country. And here's something most people don't know. All police officers forever, if they do a crime, they usually don't get fired. They get released and then go to the next town and go to work. They seal their records. That's fact. Okay? We've seen it. And that's how they roll, which is bad. 
and we kind of tried to help get away from that because they're bad people in every aspect of life. Sure. Okay. Well, and it's, it's that, yeah, it's the old it's the old axiom that there are bad apples in every barrel, right? That's the thing. I mean, they say, oh, there's bad apples in every barrel. What they don't tell you is the end of that. The end of that statement is, and if you don't take out the bad apples, they'll spoil the whole barrel. One bad apple in a barrel can spoil the whole barrel, and so you've got to get rid of them instead of just acknowledging that they're in there and then going on your merry way. Right. They should never work again if they're doing things like beating the wife. I know one case in in northern Maine where the officer actually beat his wife up and he was fine, and he went to work in another town. He just had to drive one town down to go to work. That's all. He's working right down there. So, right. You know, there's uh, there's a lot of that goes on. You know, we I did a study in the court, and I'm not going to name where, um, and it you could see that uh, the judge there, his boys have been in more trouble, never had a day in jail, never had anything against them. And you research everybody that works in that court, everybody that works in that system, and none of them have anything against them. And some of them drink and drive, and some of them, you know, right, right. They went in and found this out, kind of in the cover. So that'll open your eyes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, everybody that works in the jail doesn't have any kind of a record, <laughs> and they're, they're proud about it, but it's all covered up. Right. So. All <laughs> right. There is one. Well, thank you for, uh, thank you for reaching out to us, uh, and I appreciate that, Jeff. Uh, thank you for calling. Uh, yes, I was going to mention this. Kevin McCabe just linked it in the chat room, but I've talked about this video before. There's a video on YouTube now that's done by a professor at George Mason University, and it says it's called Don't Talk to the Police. And uh, it will be the best 45 minutes you've ever spent on YouTube getting an education on your constitutional rights when it comes to the police and why you should never talk to them. And uh, the professor is followed by a multi-year uh, detective, a uh, veteran detective on the police department, and he backs up everything that the professor just said. Go watch it. It's out on YouTube. Don't talk to the police. I've posted it on my website in the past and on my Facebook page, but you should go out and find it for yourself. This was just a pet peeve. I wanted to get this off my chest because it's been, it's been eating at me for a while now. But uh, as much as, you know, I know many of people enjoy the police procedurals and a lot of these shows and everything else, you know, the problem is, is that they're basically indoctrinating the people to accept bad behavior. Like, this is just normal. And it's not. It's not. No. So, that's uh, that's 100%. Jeff, thank you for your call. We're up against the break. we got more coming up. Uh, the Michael Duke Show. One final segment on the program. And we will be uh, back to talk about it and more. Right after these messages. Don't go anywhere. Thanks for coming in. Mental Suppository. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, we're in the break right now. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean, I've been talking about that all morning, wanting to get to this point, because I, it's, it's, it's just so irritating to me that most people don't understand their rights and, and, and anything else. I mean, the only words, if you're ever picked up by you know, law enforcement and you get put into one of those, you know, one into the one of the rooms where they're going to talk with you or whatever. The only the only thing you should ever say is I need to speak to an attorney. That should be it. And well, but, you know, what if you got nothing to hide? Uh, you know, you, you should be fine. Uh huh. I still like to speak to an attorney. Thank you. I mean, 
Oh, I mean, this is just, oh, and, and, and don't think, don't think that uh, there aren't, again, bad apples in every barrel. So, yeah, you don't have anything to hide, but you also don't want to be caught with your pants down. I would, you just, you never, ever speak to the police, ever. Um, I saw that same one last week. We often forget that anything you say will be used against you. What you say will never help you in court. Again, it, the you know you know the words that won't convict you are the ones that you never speak. Um, my older brother asked why a cop pulled over his friend, and the cop had to get back in his car and go away. Right, I know they have to articulate a reason for the stop. All right. The Supreme Court is ruling today on whether or not Miranda warning is a constitutional right. I didn't realize that. That'll be interesting to watch. Um, TV watchers equals zombies. I, I disagree with that. I mean, it can be. I mean, uh, I'm a TV watcher, Brian. Am I a zombie? Because I'm a TV watcher, because I like to watch TV um, on the evenings or the weekends as I'm uh, having a little dinner, relaxing with my wife. Does that make me a zombie because I like to watch, uh, you know, some good fictional show? Or, I mean, am I a zombie because I enjoy watching TV sometimes? I don't watch TV all the times, but what if I did? Does it matter? Um, let's see. Scattered Monday spaghetti. First of all, you're going to, wow, a lot of whining going on there. I watch those audit the audit videos where police violate rights and don't understand what freedom of the press is. It's crazy. Yeah, no, that's uh, in fact, that was the video that I was talking about, about the police officer who was planting drugs. It was an audit the audit video. Um, I've watched those, uh, over the last few months, I've probably watched a dozen of those videos and you just want one, you want an example of exactly, you know, sometimes it's the police officers are doing things through ignorance. Sometimes they're doing it for avarice. Sometimes they're doing it just to spite you, just because you refuse to buckle to their authority or whatever. Those audit the audit videos are eye-opening. Anybody, who, you, you should just go out there and watch a half a dozen of those and then tell me what you think about your interactions with law enforcement. It's it's insane, man. It is. There is some crazy stuff that's going on there. Um, absolutely. Uh, the audit, the audit videos. All right. I'm scrolling back down here. What else we got going on? You watch Raised by Wolves, most original sci-fi. I've seen it a long time. I have not. I've seen the video for the, the thing for it, but I have not seen the... Uh, um, I have not seen that yet. Uh, I'm more like a Wookiee than a zombie. That's true. Harry is a Wookiee and just as angry. I'm like to pull your arms off. Um, people who virtue signal about things like watching TV and eating fast food drive me nuts, said Kenneth. I mean, if people don't want to watch TV, I'm fully, I mean, that's exactly go, man. But I love. Good movies. I love good uh, stories. 
I'm a storyteller. That's what I am. I mean, that's kind of, if you want to boil down to what I do in my life, I'm a storyteller. And I love to watch good stories. The Law and Order, not always such a good story. I mean, there are some good stories in there, but not always in some. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, people are like, oh, well, I don't watch television. Well, good for you. Good for you. I do. I mean, you know, that's I, I that's fine. Um, <laughs> movies and sports are okay. Public programming on cable or satellite TV is addictive as drugs. How many divorces have caused by been caused by soap operas? I don't know. I've never seen the statistical, you know, uh, evidence or the study that showed that soap operas cause cause divorces. I've never seen that causality, Brian. So I had no idea. But uh, I mean, probably more marriages are destroyed by sports than soap operas. But I mean, I, who knows? Who knows? Man. Uh, all right, we're going to open it up here. Uh, final segment of the show this morning. Whatever we want to talk about, we're going to dive into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Okay. One final segment of the program this morning. If you'd like to sound off, now's the time to do it. There's, <laughs> there's, there was some chastisement going on in the chat room because, I mean, you know, why do you watch television? Television is evil and bad. And, you know, I never watch television. Well, I get, again, good for you. If you don't watch television, that's fine. I, you know, I'm not here to judge one way or the other. I mean, there's, I don't live my life around television. Uh, I watch it uh, sometimes in the evenings uh, to digress. Yesterday, my wife and I watched three movies in a row. Oh, man. Oh, I mean, there there were some good movies, too. I mean, three movies in a row. Does that mean that we're drooling idiots because we wanted to spend some time together and enjoy watching movies or is that uh i mean what uh but some people they just got i just man what oh man what movies somebody said say i watched the new spider-man i watched the new venom and i watched uh, free guy with uh um I just totally forgot his name. Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds. I watched the movie Free Guy. They were all great. I enjoyed them all. I enjoyed them all. It was a great, it was a great Sunday afternoon. Um let's see. Uh but anyway, what I I think my whole point on this, what I was bringing up, is that people just gotta be more educated and informed on their rights and what they can do and what they can't do. Because what they show on television, folks. Most of that stuff is uh, most of that stuff would get those people fired, or at least transferred to some other place. I mean, you you gotta you, yeah. You just you gotta know you gotta know your rights. You gotta know your rights and exercise them. That's what it's all about. Um. All right. Uh. Let's see what else we got. Oh, so we're one final segment here. If you want to sound off, I'm going to open up the phone lines for you. 
at 907-433-3150. Any topic is fair game. You want to tell me that I'm a – somebody said that people who watch TVs are zombies. I mean, I so I asked the question, well, I watch TV. Is that a – is that a – is that a, am I a zombie because of that? I mean, no, yes. I mean, yes, there, there, anything can be, anything can be, um, uh, you know, abused and exploited, right? So if all you do is watch TV and drool all day or play Xbox in your basement all day, or if all you do is, is, uh, obsess about your favorite sports team or your favorite political team or whatever, I mean, all of those things could be wrong. Right? I mean, all of those things could be basically turn you into a drooling zombie idiot because that's all you focus on all the time. You got to be more well rounded. You know? That's right. Anything in excess is definitely not a good thing. Doesn't mean you can't take a little bit of everything. That's the, that's the whole point. Uh, well, we're waiting for a phone call here. I want to remind you about one of our sponsors, and that would be our friends over at Bivy, the Bivy Stick, B-I-V-Y, Bivy Stick. It is a tiny little device that connects to your cell phone through your Bluetooth. You just Bluetooth it. You tether it to your cell phone. Uh, you use the app that you download off of the uh, off of the uh, off the App Store or the Google Play Store. And it turns your cell phone into a satellite communications device. That means that anywhere in the world where you can see the sky and you have your cell phone and you have your bivy stick, you could talk to other people uh, via text message, via email. You could send a pin as to where you're at. So if you're out on the trail and you're hiking or biking or kayaking, snow machining, ATVing, hang gliding, parasailing, whatever it is you're doing, you could tell people where you're at. Let them know I'm okay, or I'm hurt, or I mean anything in between. The unit also provides you with weather forecasts, regular aviation, marine forecasts. Uh, it can run five continuous days on a single battery charge. They've got new functionality coming out all the time. They're going to be having this thing called Group Track, which I'm going to talk about later on. Uh, but this is all of this for 199 bucks. There is no go bag in the world that should not have a bivy stick inside of it. 199 bucks, being able to talk to anywhere, anybody, anytime around the world via text or emails. Why not? And they've got plans starting as low as 14 bucks a month. So, yeah, let's get it done. The bivy stick, B I V Y, from your friends at Satellite West. You can go to satellitewest.com for more information. Or you can go over to your local dealer. At Fairbanks, it's Arctic Fire and Safety. and Homer, it's South Central Radar on the Spit. It's Safe and Sound in Wasilla, Safe and Sound in Anchorage, and Safe and Sound in Soldatna. Radar Alaska and Kodiak Communications North and Seward and Lundy Marine Electronics in Dutch Harbor. Stop into one of these locations. Just check it out and tell them, hey, thanks for sponsoring the Michael Duke Show. Would you do that for me as well? Do me a solid. That, that's that's the good stuff right there. Thank you to Bivy Stick and Satellite West. All right, let's go over to the phones and see what uh, uh, some of you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Ken from North Pole. Hello, Ken. Hey, I was calling in. Um, you know, we're talking about uh, – you talk about changing out the, the players um, 
in these elections. Right. And the one thing I keep going back to is I don't understand or I'm having a hard time wondering how we can trust the outcome of these elections if they're doing this ranked choice voting when you can't even do a recount without trusting their algorithm. They can't do a hand recount. So how can we really trust that who they say wins is, is who actually wins? I mean, it does raise some questions, I mean, for sure, because they say that they can't do a hand recount because it would be super complex uh, to get it done. I mean, you could do it if you hand counted and put it all into a spreadsheet and then figured it out. But you're right. We're depending a lot on an algorithm and with irregularities of of, uh, election irregularities that people get concerned about. I can definitely see is how it could create, a, a, a you know, a, a, a shaking of the faith, so to speak, in the election system overall. Exactly. You know, I I already question, you know, because when you've got things like mail-in ballots, you know, uh, and ballot boxes, you have problems with chain of custody. But now we're adding in ranked choice voting where, you know, you're not going to know immediately who won, and you have to trust their algorithm uh, and whoever designed the algorithm to – tell you who actually won right no i mean it it definitely raises uh it raises some concerns that's for sure um and as we talked about with uh one of our guests here a couple weeks ago uh who was giving us some of the finer points of uh ranked choice uh, voting dr j.h schneider who was on the uh not dr j.h schneider it was um um, I've forgotten the doctor's name right now, but we brought him on the program to talk about this. And he basically, uh, said, you know, the problem with ranked choice voting is again, the disenfranchisement of a lot of the minorities and, and some of the other folks, this is a consistent constant with ranked choice voting. So not only are you worried about what direction, uh, the, the election, you know, you worry about election integrities, but you worried about the disenfranchisement of this people as well. And yet nobody really seems to be talking about that. You know, it seems like other than like programs like your show, nobody's really talking about the ranked choice voting at all. Like at least not up here in the Fairbanks area. I haven't heard anybody talk about it or mention it or or what's coming up or anything. Right. No, I think it's going to be, I'll be honest with you. I think it's going to be a huge surprise to a lot of people uh, when it comes up uh, in the uh, when it comes up in the uh, uh, in the booth, they're going to get in there and go, "What?" Uh, they're just not going to understand. And add to that the fact that you have the special election. So we got the rank cho- we got the regular jungle primary on the regular election, and then on primary day is the same day as the special general. So you'll have both rank choice and jungle primaries on the same ballot. I, I think it's going to be confusing for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. I'm still trying to keep it straight in my head. You yeah. know, you're supposed to vote this way on this one and this way on this one. And uh, yeah, it's yeah. Be a problem. Well, Ken, I appreciate you calling in. Thank you for being part of it here. I got a, just over a minute here. Let's go to the last caller. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, morning, Mike. Uh, this is Herman Morgan from Adiac. Uh I don't need to be anonymous. Uh, I'm not scared. Anyhow, um, I'm 68 years old, and I've been watching politics, and I can I can tell you what I see, what's going on, and how to fix it. But uh, if you give me a second, um, let me speak. Well, I got I got I got less than a minute here, here, uh, how uh, Herman? So we're gonna. Well, uh, 
Uh, All right, you you can call back uh, afterwards. We're out of time for today. That's just how it rolls. Sorry. All right, my friends. Well, we're going to... We're going to continue tomorrow. Brad Keithley, Chris Story on Wednesday, Ron Gillum, Mike Shower on Thursday, potentially Nick Baggage and JKT. We'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Live well. Be kind to one another. Love one another. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, my friends, that's it for us today. We got to go. Thanks for being part of it. Do me a favor. If you haven't shared it, share it now. Share. Share. Look me obey. No. If you feel like sharing it, share it, will you? Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people 
It's the Michael Duke Show.